You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shearer, and my guest is Fraser Wilson, Director of Mattering and Impact at Anywhere Works. Fraser, it's great to have you on the show. Awesome. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You're quite welcome. Now, your, your title, as I just said, is Director of Mattering and Impact. That's, that's kind of an interesting uh, job title. Explain a bit what that means. What, why mattering? Yeah, absolutely. So I, essentially, I'm the global marketing director. But we, we feel marketing can sometimes have negative connotations because sometimes it's more consumerism, more consumption, trying to sell more and more. So we like this idea of how do we matter more? How do we matter to the environment, the world, our customers, our people? So we, we kind of base ourselves on the idea of like people, profits and planet. And this whole idea of mattering kind of intertwines with that. So my whole team and I have the title mattering to sort of reflect that day to day. Okay, very cool. Very interesting. So let's start by having you tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career uh, and then say a few words about Anywhere Works. But let's start with something that's really stuck with you marketing-wise over the years. I would say the campaign that we ran earlier this year, Pledge People Not Bots, that's probably been my most memorable for a few reasons. Um, number one is that we brought in um, someone quite famous to, to help us kind of launch the campaign. So we're really lucky to have Sally Phillips, who's a writer and comedian, be part of the campaign. So that was fantastic. And we also shot a kind of a really high quality production video. And it's been a really successful campaign. So I think for many reasons, because the campaign's been successful, it's memorable. But also the message is really memorable. So in a world where kind of AI is becoming more common in every aspect of our lives, and you know, when you're trying to contact many businesses we all do day to day, you're you're experiencing bots or your decision flow trees before you can speak to a real human, we, we kind of question what are the long-term impacts of that? And it's a little bit of a sad world, perhaps, in which we cannot engage human to human when it matters most. So the video um, that we shot around the campaign pokes fun of this fact and that you know someone might look like a human they might you know you might have human characteristics and traits but do they really act human and do they really understand pain points and are they really there for you so I think overall it's been it's been a really exciting campaign and it's one that we've kind of launched throughout all of Anywhere Works brands and the video on YouTube's had over a million views now so we're Mm. super super proud of that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. And I've watched the video. It really is quite funny. It's, it's really great. I'll We'll put a link to it in the show notes so people can awesome, check it out. Awesome. Glad you liked yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And so I, and I know we're going to talk more about this, about the campaign and about just sort of the, the idea at the center of it, of human connection. But first, say, uh, tell us a little bit about Anywhere Works, what you guys are all about. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a global um, B2B software and services company. Um, We were founded in the US and we now have brands in Canada and the UK as well. And essentially what we are aiming to do throughout a range of different products and services is we're aiming to help small businesses grow. So we want to help businesses work from anywhere. So yeah, we, we have a house of brand strategy and with many different kind of components under that. And we target different industries and different niches and with kind of really amazing support one of the core parts of our business is when um it's kind of after hours or weekends or holidays potentially if you're a small business you can't answer phone calls or live chats or facebook messages or appointments you know booking for for your customer 
So that's where we come in. So we provide services behind the scenes, meaning that you never miss an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. And and I think this ties in directly to the People Not Bots campaign, right? Which is all about, I'll, I'll, as you explained, sort of this concern with what are the implications of our interactions with businesses being more and more with AI mm-hmm. uh, rather than actually talking to people, right? And I think, you know, everyone's experienced that. And in a way, it's nothing too recent, right? I mean, for decades now, when you call a company, you're more likely to get a, an automated phone voice rather than someone. And you have to go through this whole phone tree until you can finally maybe speak to a, a human being. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that experience is sort of universally pretty much loathed. I don't think anyone likes it. You know, we sort of tolerate it. Yeah. Um, you know, what's like, to, to your mind, what's the concern here at its core? Because we are in a world where this technology is just getting more and more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. People are spending more and more time with, you know, bots rather than people. Why, in fact, is that a concern? Yeah, no, great question. I think ultimately, probably kind of thinking about how we got to this stage, I think in many businesses where profit is your number one metric, you really focus on how you get as many customers to self-serve as often as possible. So you'll find it on many websites when you're trying to find the phone number or you're trying to find the email address, you're pushing this series of chatbots or to, you know, decision, just basically a decision tree behind the scenes to try and push you to self-serve your issue or your question online. Ultimately, that's quite sad because the whole purpose of business is to connect. And, the, and it's it, it's at its core, kind of with customers in a business environment, why would you want your customer not to have that connection opportunity with you? It, it feels a little bit anti-maybe anti loyal to a business. It's a little, it's a little bit of a, a, a kind of strange one when you think about it from a real perspective. But I think the way that it's kind of come through to our, our norm and why it's such an issue is AI is only getting more intelligent. And, you know, know, there's lots of learning and there's articles in this every single day around, you know, AI getting to the next step of understanding human behavior or AI, you know, with a face and a name or, you know, AI, obviously, in many homes and businesses, you know, whether that's just your smart home device or otherwise, it becomes a question then of, are we trying to pretend that AI can and can sound like and can perform the same task as humans? And, you know, AI, I think, can serve a purpose with you know, data mining, data processing behind the scenes. But when it comes to human to human connection, it's quite a sad world in which a human can't speak to another human to solve an issue or have a discussion or have, a, have their questions answered. And particularly when it comes to small businesses, it, it can be very kind of like cold and unfriendly. Um, and even at its very core, a bot, as it were, could be your voicemail. So your voicemail could be considered a bot. You know, someone's looking to get a hold of you and instead they're faced with an automated system to leave a message. And and that's why we feel so passionately about this idea of pledge people, not bots, because if someone is trying to speak to a human, they should be able to speak to a human. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this idea of it all coming down to cost control or all coming down to squeezing kind of, you know, cost to serve for for your customers, it's, it's quite a sad reality. And we need to be careful that we don't, exclude humans from the conversation in years to come because what about jobs what about employment you know what what about kind of like human to human connection so i think this is the right time to have this conversation and it's not to say we're archaic and we don't believe in any kind of ai it's not to say that it's just to say here and now let's have a real conversation and think about what we want in the future because a world in which people work from home or work from anywhere they only interact with bots or ai 
they maybe are missing out in human to human connection. What does that paint for the world? So I think I think mm-hmm. I'm going a bit big picture here, but that's kind of what it comes back to for us as a business, and we need to think about yeah. that and have this discussion. Mm-hmm. So what about the business case? Because I think the uh, you already said this, the business case for automation, right, for AI, is that it's cheaper mm-hmm. instead of having to employ a bunch of people like at a call center to always be available. You have a bot that can handle at least some questions queries, customer interactions with maybe, and then maybe in the back, if, if you really needed a person and that's just more efficient, economical, the AI is getting better and better at handling those queries in a more and more human-like way. Right? So that's the business case for bots. What's the business case on the other hand for maybe not so many bots, more human interaction up front, Like, you know, if you're a for-profit business, you're like, well, we we are trying to maximize profits. You know, that's that yeah. is the point of a, of a for-profit business. What's the business case? Or, what, let me hear you make that business case for yeah. less spots, more people. Great, no, great question. And I think I'll focus on small businesses first, if, if that's okay, because I think yeah, that's yeah. probably the foundation that you know any business arguably starts small anyway. But you know the the backbone of our society is small to medium-sized businesses. Yeah. And I think in many of these cases, you tend to have maybe, maybe it's a family-owned, maybe it's, you know, someone that's kind of like developed the business and brought in friends to get started and then it's gained some scale or, you know, potentially it's someone that's worked for a big business starting out on their own. In many of these different examples, it's a person or a few people that are the go-to known for that business. And, you know, if I use the example of like, plumbers or use the example of builders or the example of lawyers or any industry you can think of probably the person maybe rather than the business and I think this Mm -hmm. idea of like we connect with humans before we connect with a brand is something that potentially we we are kind of on the cusp of missing out on Um, and I think the business case of prioritizing human to human connection over AI is your customers if they're looking to speak to you they want to speak to you and if you look at the kind of loyalty cycle for a customer if you don't give them the option to speak with you and connect with you, you're potentially, you know, frustrating them, annoying them. But at worst, you're potentially losing a customer that could be loyal for the sake of trying to save a few dollars in your in your kind of cost to serve um, kind of model. So what we would say is there's many solutions out there. It doesn't mean you need to staff 24-7. It doesn't mean you need to go and get a huge call center service. You know, some of the services we offer are you know low monthly costs you then just basically if you answer your calls or your chats or schedule appointments during the day that's that's fine but when you clock off or when you're you know spending time with your family or taking a well-deserved break or a holiday we switch on and for you know a small monetary amount per month that's peace of mind that your customers never have to deal with a bot or an answering machine or ai they're always going to reach a real person without you having to pay all that staffing costs up front so so i think there i think overall it's a cost benefit analysis based on yes on the on the kind of front end you may save money up front by using an ai or a bot or some kind of chat tool like that but long term, are you losing money out of your customer lifetime value? Are you losing loyalty? Are you losing brand reputation? And I think it's thinking more holistically around your business and the brand you want to be. And mm-hmm. even in the for-profit space, I think there's been a bit of a shift recently where there's more businesses, even if they're for-profit, they're also for purpose. So, you know, I think if we think about purpose and we think about the business we want to leave behind, you know, or, or the legacy of a brand, 
environmental factors have become huge recently. And, you know, this idea of how can businesses and people do more to be green and to be mindful of the environment. But also the other side of that is the connection side. So how can we be human and how can we, um, you know, have jobs and how can we grow within our communities and how can we be there for people? Um, so, so I think it's an interesting point and I think it depends on the business and what they prioritise, but definitely it's not as black and white as upfront, you know, AI is cheaper, so that's the way to go. I think there's more mm-hmm. that feeds into it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I think I can think of plenty of examples of how, I mean, another way of putting, I think what you're saying is that human connection can help maximize profit. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you said, it may be on, there's definitely a place for AI and, and, and it's obvious that done the right way, it can save you money, in, at least in the short term, right, in mm-hmm. certain ways. But at the when it's too much at the expense of human connection, then it can act, it's actually not so good for the bottom line. I think and, so. You know, I think I see, um, like I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I really see a lot of discussion there, almost like a movement there for more human connection. And, it, and it's quite clear that, you know, most companies have, um, if they're on LinkedIn, as many are, they have a, a company page, mm-hmm. you know, like a corporate page, but then also many individual members of the business might have a presence on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And it's those individual LinkedIn profiles that get all the interaction, Right. People don't want to interact on a platform like LinkedIn with just like the corporate page. No one, you know, that's not, that's not fun. It's not interesting, but individual people with a particular point of view and kind of a personal brand, so to speak, you know, there are plenty of people on LinkedIn who representing their companies, but they're not talking about their companies. It's all about, hey, as an individual marketer, a salesperson, I have some insights and thoughts and I'm sharing them. And that's what seems to get the most engagement. And I think that's pretty telling, not just for LinkedIn, but for business generally, especially in the B2B world. I would totally agree. I think people value connection. People value people. And ultimately, as humans, we are pack animals. So I think this idea of kind of, you know, someone in the know. And if you think about, you know, bringing it back to small business, it tends to be someone recommended someone to you or you know you found an advert and then you've looked up reviews and someone recommended someone by name it's it's very personal and very connected so I agree and actually interesting that you brought up on LinkedIn there was recently an NPR article where they'd stumbled across some brands that actually were using for lead gen artificial intelligence LinkedIn pages where they were creating kind of fake profiles, Mm. you know, and and everything about it was fake, but made to look real. So even down to the profile photo was actually an Mm -hmm. AI generated photo. This is, this, this is a little bit scary. And this is something we need to be aware of. So, you know, we, we need to have this conversation now to think about what does the future look like? Because if AI is kind of dressing as humans (laughs) and kind of looking more and more human-like and interacting in a human way, how do we make sure that we're not losing the foundations of what makes us human? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of a fascinating philosophical question, right? You think of um, the Turing test, like Alan Turing, mm-hmm. the famous British computer scientist, right? And mathematician. And I mean, for, for listeners who don't know, as, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, the Turing test is when dealing with an artificial intelligence, can you tell that it's an artificial intelligence? Mm-hmm. Or to what degree can it sort of convince you that it's human, mm-hmm. right? 
And there've been a bunch of movies about this. I, I, one of them was um, Ex Machina. Did you ever, did you see that movie? No, I've not seen cool. that one, no, no. Yeah, it's a pretty cool movie just ab- about this, essentially, about a sort of okay. like a mad scientist type, like a tech guru genius guy who invents an AI, like a woman who mm-hmm. is all nearly human in every single way. And I, I won't give the, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, <laughs> you know, th- this is sort of a, um, been a common theme for for movies ever since Terminator, maybe maybe even before that. But in any case, um, yeah, it, it's we we I totally agree. I mean, I and I think the pandemic really enhanced this, or, or really showed like when you're cut off from other people, it can have real very dire consequences socially, uh, morally, right, and and in business too. I mean, yeah. and I think businesses are really grappling with this now where with more and more people working from home or working remotely. I mean, it's an interesting question. You know, how do people seem to want that? But what are the totally. consequences? Totally. And I think this idea of, you know, the most human business wins, <laughs> you know, this kind of quote mm. is getting is getting kind of pushed around. And I think if you think about the interaction you have with your bank or something yeah. that all of us have in common, you know, there's a time and place where maybe you don't want it to be human interaction. You know, we think about an ATM at its core is removing the interaction of going to a bank teller to remove money, right? Yeah. And, and you know, you think that sped up the process, it's made it easy over time. However, if you had a question about, you know, a savings account or you wanted, you know, a more in-depth consultation about your mortgage or you wanted to talk about something else to do with your finance, it might feel quite uncomfortable if that then happens with an AI or something pretending to be a real person, because surely you're relying on the real person creating that connection and understanding your situation. And I think if we think about something like that, that we've all got in common, it's then, oh, how does that apply to all the other different touch points we have with businesses and where should humans humans be and um, mm-hmm. be part of? So when, when we are talking to the business customers that we have, certainly this idea of kind of, always prioritizing your customers. So whether that's lead generation or your existing customers, always prioritizing their experience over and above anything else means that if they're trying to contact you, they want to speak to you. They want to speak to a real person. So that that's kind of where we come in. Right. Yeah, I think the ATM is a good example, right? It's, I think as a society generally, when it's purely transactional, we're fine and and actually appreciate the convenience of the ATM machine or just being able to buy stuff online, you know, without mm-hmm. having to interact with a with a person or do banking, right? Yeah. Generally speaking, transferring money, uh, it's good not to have to physically go into the bank mm-hmm. and do all that stuff, right? No doubt about it. But when you're trying to solve a problem, then it's a whole different story. Yeah. And you just don't, where the AI is not, to the point yet, if it ever will be, where we're completely comfortable with, yeah, sure, I know this is an automated response and that's fine. No, I, I want the reassurance of another, of a human being who's not just, it's not just transactional, right? There's an emotional quality to it. You totally. need to know that you're dealing with someone who gets your problem, not just mm-hmm. the technical details of it, but why it's a problem. Yeah. And has like some empathy and is clearly trying to help you and has your best interest at heart, right? All that stuff mm-hmm. that machines simply cannot do, at least not yet. Not yet. Yeah. And that's that's the part of it, you know, do we want them to or actually I, yeah, do we value the human connection side? So I, I agree, you're totally right. And I think having the kind of real person empathy, connection, you know, support to to kind of when someone requires it, you know, so it's not delayed. It's not, oh, speak to a chatbot first or speak to AI first or go through a decision flow first. It's when someone needs that support or that help, 
we'll help you and we'll have that connection and, we, and we'll, we'll build it instantly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think too that another part of the business case is, especially if you're a small business in a competitive industry, that's part of a big part of how you differentiate, right? Mm-hmm. Just your customer support, how literally how you interact with your customers one-on-one, because okay. that's going to be unique to you. And there's, you know, you might not have as many resources as the other company or whatever, um, but there's no limit on providing good customer service, totally. or, you know, connecting and, with somebody as a human being. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And and also it, it can be profitable is the other side yeah. of it, you know, so in terms of kind of lead generation, if you think about, you know, maybe a service industry. So if you're thinking about HVAC or plumbing or one of these industries, potentially a phone call is your next lead, is your next customer. So if you let that lead go to voicemail or you let the chat not be replied to, potentially you're missing out on future business. So I think this idea of, yes, it helps your existing customers and any phone calls to do with kind of like service and, and kind of experience queries, but also lead gen, you know, which, which is kind of how a lot of businesses grow and flourish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Well, this is a super interesting conversation. <laughs> we could, we could keep going on and on, but, but we do need to wrap up. So a couple quick questions here at, to, to wrap up. So what's your main focus in Q2? Oh, good question. I would say our main focus as a business is, um, I'd say it's I'd say it's kind of connecting with our target audiences. So as I mentioned, we are in many different niches and we want to do more. So we're looking at kind of integrations, we're looking at partnerships, we're looking at sponsorships, we're looking at different ways and events, we're looking at different ways to kind of target our customers where they're at. And we're also looking at um, kind of differentiation of channels. So we recognize there are multiple channels and routes to market for any customer. And I think this old idea of the B2B decision-making model, because obviously our main customers is B2B in terms of the customers we serve. It used to be, you know, you find, you know, a route into market, whether that's search or direct mail, or maybe it's referral, whatever it happens to be. You have a conversation with a salesperson and you sign up. That really simple linear flow is kind of dead. <laughs> and, you know, as much as we like to hope there's some customers and some some do come through that route, overall it tends to be a bit messier and there's many different points in that map where someone may read one of your reviews or a case study or see you on social media or have a referral or they may bump into you at an event or they may find you through an organic listing on a page. We, we need to be visible. Um, so a big part of what our focus is within my team is to be as visible as possible in the right markets for our brands. Okay, fantastic. Uh, what are the top three KPIs that your boss pays attention to? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so, oh, that is a really good question. I would say n- number one is purpose. Purpose. So, so we really, we really kind of, and the reason at the start, um, why my title is mattering, um, we really kind of put a lot of emphasis behind this idea of purpose and giving back. So we plant a tree on behalf of every employee and every customer every month. And we regularly donate back to different charity organizations and nonprofits. So I think this idea of being of purpose and, and having meaning over and above profitability and over and above our core business is key. So that's that's a big metric that we try and hit. And it's a big thing that we look at. Where can we add this additional value? Um, another KPI in the B2B space, it's always going to be um, customer lifetime value. So it's always going to be, are your customers happy? How long are they staying with you? How how strong are your customer interactions? Um, you know, how how great is the quality of engagements? All, all the kind of metrics that fall into customer lifetime value is key. Um, and then as a last one, I would say it's 
I'd say it's maybe not so much a KPI, but as a kind of general goal, it is really nailing the target niche. So if we are kind of devoting ourselves to a specific target segment, we really need to understand that segment. We need to know the pain points, the frustrations, the wins, the successes. We need to know their KPIs. So if you took, um, you know, the services industry or the, the legal industry or the medical industry, any industry, we really need to understand and ingrain ourselves within that industry, you know, to have local knowledge that then can be applied to the services we offer. Um, and ultimately, what we want to focus on is product. And we want to focus on having the best product and service experience um, in, in the market. And I think to do that, you need to know your customers really well. Absolutely. And finally, what do you and your team hope to accomplish this year? Oh, that's a great question. Um Many things. I think any of my team that are listening <laughs> will probably say that the list is quite endless, um, <laughs> which it probably is. And um, we always have more. You, I think in marketing, part of the fun of marketing, right, is you have more on your to do list than time in the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, that, that and that's part of that's part of the fun and why many people choose this industry, because it's fun. It's There's always many things to do. Um, but big things achieved this year. We've got some kind of new launches we're looking at in terms of kind of global expansion into new markets um, and also kind of new products targeting new segments but ultimately what we want to do this year is have sustainable growth and to do something that matters so whether that be the movement of pledge people not bots whether that be giving back to non-profits whether that be improving our customer experience or improving our product ultimately my entire team the aim is to do stuff that matters. And that's the whole idea of mattering rather than marketing. So yes, we want to grow. We want to be sustainable as a business for years and years and years to come. But we want to matter while we do it. Love all that. Well, thanks <laughs> so much for sharing all that and for a really great conversation. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Awesome. It's been great. Thank you so much, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.